This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. WWE Superstar reveals surgery. Former Impact Star officially signs with AEW. And Joe Gacy's new gimmick on NXT has made mainstream news. I'll give you my thoughts along with the wrestling communities. I'm Jaden Becker, and welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast. Sheamus reveals surgery. The Celtic warrior took to Twitter and posted a pre-surgery photo this morning and then posted a follow-up photo indicating that the operation was a success. Sheamus has dealt with a busted nose since taking a stiff shot from Humberto Carrillo in uh, May and underwent surgery a few days later. He said to have re-aggravated the injury during a match with Jeff Hardy in September. There's no word on if Sheamus will miss any ring time due to this surgery, but it's believed that his feud with Damian Priest ended this past Monday, giving him the perfect time to have this surgery if he does need to take time off. Now that the draft is upcoming, he'll get drafted, and then hopefully he reappears. Uh, If he does need to take time off, the perfect time for him to come back will be the Rumble. If he really needs to take a substantial amount of time away, we're that close for the Rumble. Uh, I even know where I can't believe we're talking about it. Uh, but with all the news coming out about the Rumble going to St. Louis, it, we all know that it's coming around the corner. So uh, that'll be the perfect time for him to return if he does need to take some time away. Former Impact star officially signs with AEW. Kiera Hogan has made her way over to All Elite Wrestling. Tuesday's AEW Dark episode saw Hogan defeat Leela Gray in singles action. It was noted on commentary that Hogan has now signed with the company. This was Hogan's sixth match for AEW and her second win. I loved, loved Kiera Hogan uh, firing Flava over on Impact Wrestling. Now for her making her way to AEW, obviously doing some more singles work there instead of the tag team work that she did in the knockouts division for Impact. I think Kara Hogan's going to do a fantastic job in AEW. Obviously off to a slow start booking wise, but um, yeah, with AEW in their women's division, as long as they can start continuing to gather more and more good talent, I think they'll be fine. And Kara Hogan is a great, great addition to add on to that AEW women's division. All right, let's move into last night's WWE. NXT 2.0, this is the third week of 2.0-ness, if you will. This is a, the, the third week of the new uh, brand uh, refreshness or the new brand facelift, if you will. Opening the show, Hit Row, they open up. And it's all about the ladies tonight on NXT, as it was said throughout the commercials uh, leading up to this episode of NXT. And now opening the show, Hit Row says the same thing. Uh, they're hyping up the matches for later on in the night. Swerve Scott does acknowledge that he does not have a title match on the line uh, tonight or last night. And he was upset about it because he does want to defend his title, even though he's a heel. So that was a fun thing to see. Uh, the upcoming match is B-Fab versus Electra Lopez. Uh, B-Fab, obviously, of course, with Hit Row. And Electra Lopez, uh, I'm now a member of Legado del Fantasma. And this is a no-disqualification match. Lopez does enter with Legado del Fantasma. And the match breaks down uh, with Hit Row and Legado del Fantasma uh, brawling on the outside. And the two uh, of B-Fab and Electra Lopez brawling on the outside before the match even starts. Lopez, the first to pull out a table, B-Fab using the legs of the table to injure the leg of her opponent. 
Lopez slams B-Fab into chairs laid out in the middle of the ring. He just body drops onto uh, each of those chairs laid out for an extra impact. Lopez connects with a crossbody onto an open chair, which was a fun spot. Lopez wins with a sit-out powerbomb as her finish. Fun, hard-hitting women's match to open up the show. Uh, this is exactly what NXT needed to open up this show. And there has been some word that NXT was going to get a little bit more raunchy uh, and a little bit more uh, adult-friendly uh, with the upcoming uh, change moving to NXT 2.0. And I think we saw a little bit of that here, especially with this match. But we're definitely going to see in this next segment of uh, the Index Honeymoon. Uh, well, at least not in this part because they split up the honeymoon into two different different parts. So after that match between BFAB and Electra Lopez, they had the Index Honeymoon segment. Uh, which was a cute little segment. The Garganos, they snuck their way into uh, Index's honeymoon. And uh, I'm glad to see Candice LeRae on TV, even though that she is uh, pregnant. Uh, even though it's in a skit, pretty much a skit segment, uh, I was glad to see her on TV. Pretty much the, the whole premise of that first part was uh, they didn't want and index and well, they didn't want index to be interacting with each other in too much of a flirtatious way, even though they just got married on in a kayfabe sense. So, um, either way, the the Garganos do everything they can to try to keep them away from each other. So, uh, so instead of them being on the beach, what Gargano Johnny Gargano did was he snuck his way into the water with a shark fin on his head and made them run away into their bedroom. But then we'll realize later on that, you know, going to the bedroom might not be a better option because you can't see what's going on in the bedroom compared to what's going on on the beach. But that's later on in the episode of NXT that we'll get into. Moving on to Joe Gacy. And uh, this, I'm going to get into him in complete depth in uh, after we get to this full review for NXT. But I will say what he did on this episode. Uh, he's saying that he made a huge impact only using his words last week. He says that he wasn't canceled and his gimmick is using, uh, like his gimmick is, he didn't say this, but this is me saying this. His gimmick is using like hot words that we all recognize today. Like triggered and canceled and the new normal and normalizing and keeping open minds and being woke. Like that's his whole gimmick. That's his whole shtick there. And uh, a, a lot of people currently uh, have been up in the air with him over how they're really supposed to feel after the break. I'm going to give you my full thoughts on Joe Gacy because obviously a very polarizing character in WWE and NXT, but that might be for the best. Moving on to our next match, Zion Quinn versus Oni Larkin. Zion Quinn looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, Samoan uh, has fantastic tattoos, fantastic muscles, has a great look on him, has that Roman Reigns type of tattoo going from the chest down to the arm. Uh, Larkin, also nice to see him back in singles action. Uh, Larkin is in control early on this match, but Quinn uses his strength to regain control. Samoan drop, a kip up, and a driving forearm from Quinn to pick up the definitive win over the NXT veteran. So good on Zion Quinn there to put on a pretty solid match. When I look at these matches, and even though... Yes, let's say Zion Quinn goes over here as he did. I I don't want these guys to be forced down my throat just because they're brand new. I want to make sure that they're solid talent. But Zion Quinn looked very, very fluid in the ring. He looked like he knew what he was doing. And uh, fair to say that he looked very, very strong in this one, Zion Quinn. So I enjoyed how he was able to move from spot to spot. Uh, he did a nice job, and he used his strength to his advantage uh, in this match as well. So really nice to see from Zion Quinn. Also nice to see Oni Larkin back in, in uh, singles action as well. Moving on to our next segment, MSK 
uh, they're in ring cutting a promo, and they say they don't care if it's the old bulls or the young calves that they have to go against. They're willing to take on anyone to defend their NXT Tag Team Championships. One of the old bulls come out, the grizzled young veterans. They enter wanting a shot. Carmelo Hayes enters saying that he might use his golden ticket with a trick to go after the tag team titles. Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen, I believe was the name, enter and brawl with Hayes and Trick. Uh, MSK dive to the outside, landing on GYV and Hayes and Trick. So uh, there's going to be an upcoming match next week with MSK and uh, BJ and JB versus Hayes and Trick and uh, the Grizzly Young Veterans. So in an eight-man tag team match, the faces versus the heels there. So that's coming soon. And uh, it could be fun to see uh, Hayes and Trick go for the belts. could be fun, very fun to see. Uh, the Grizzly Young Veterans, to get back into the picture. So a lot of options there for the tag team division. At one point, that tag team division was really, really, really strong, especially, especially coming after the Dusty Rhodes uh, Classic. Especially after that, the all tag team divisions look strong, especially coming after a tournament because you finally have some established groups there. But as it currently stands, a little bit of a low spot for the tag team division, but uh, we'll see where it goes from here with MSK. Moving on. Toxic Attraction versus Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. Uh, this match is for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Zoe Stark and Io Shirai, the champions, coming into this one. JC Janes and Stark doing a fantastic job trading pin attempts early on. Double shotgun drop kick from Starks and Shirai. Huge high risk spots from all four competitors in this match. Shirai enters on a hot tag and Shirai looks for a uh, double cross face and does lock it in. But Rose ringside, Mandy Rose ringside, uh, places the foot on the bottom rope, thus causing the breakup. Starks gets in the face of Rose and Shirai connects with a moonsault to retain the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. Dolan and Jane show some flashes in this match, I will say that, but Shirai was the main focus of this match as, as a whole. Uh, Io Shirai, the veteran of this match, comparative to all other competitors here, uh, was the main focus of this match, which I don't know if it's the best thing, especially given the fact that Toxic Attraction being the new kids on the block, if you will. You sort of want to see them get more of the shine instead of Io Shirai. But later on in the night, we'll see how Toxic Attraction makes up for that. But uh, still, in this match, I would have liked to see more of uh, Gigi and JC get involved from a, a high spot perspective outside of their high spots being clumped in with everybody else's high spots in this one. Uh, Rose, Mandy Rose did confront Raquel Gonzalez prior to this match. And I write in my notes here that would be fun to see a takeover at some point down the line once Rose is legitimized in NXT. Boa with Mia Ying versus Andre Chase this is the next match coming up. Chase surprisingly getting a good amount of offense in, in this match. Uh, Chase on the outside gets vapors blown into his face from Mei Ying. Uh, I guess uh, Mei Ying was vaping at some point in this match and decided to blow it right in, in uh, Andre's face. Uh, Boa gets the win, but he doesn't look to be booked as strong or even to be as strong comparatively to how Zia uh, Lee was yet. It just doesn't look like it's there for me yet because Zia Lee was so strong. Zia Lee was booked uh, like a monster. She she could take on anyone and, and lay them out in 15 seconds. You know, that that's how she was booked. And I enjoyed her from that perspective because of all the vignettes that was coming prior. It looked like she was training and training and training for that moment and finally got all these moments and was just annihilating people, annihilating people for Boa to be even in the same conversation as Andre Chase in this match uh, was, a, was a tough spot. And it made Mei Ying look good, given the fact that uh, 
she now has, is a factor in these matches more and more often and no longer just sitting in that chair how she was months prior. But Boa here, I felt like, was the one that made, I wouldn't say he was made to look weak, but he doesn't look any stronger coming out of this match for defeating Andre Chase because he wasn't the reason why. It was Mei Ying. That was the reason why they won. Moving on to the second part of the Index honeymoon, Johnny Gargano goes into the bedroom of Index to make sure that they have condoms. And this is legitimate here. I'm not even joking. Uh, To make sure that they have condoms. Dexter Loomis has infinite condoms in his bag. Like he uh, pulls it out. um, Gargano does. And it just keeps on going and going and going and going. A whole Rolodex of condoms. And uh, Johnny Gargano has to hide in a closet because he hears Index coming, and then uh, they pretty much do like a makeshift sex scene by by having a pillow fight. But you have Indy Hartwell moaning. You have you know the, like you know hit me harder, hit me harder. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? What am I watching right now? I thought this was NXT. Like, what's going on? My hands are over my gaping jaw throughout this whole segment because I was like, whoa. What is this right now? You know, I haven't seen something like this from WWE, specifically WWE, in a long, long time. So for them to do this here in in, in NXT on a Wednesday night, I just kind of felt a little off. I just kind of felt a little off. Um, This may be the direction that the show is going in. There was a lot of uh, S-bombs. There was a lot of, you know, general cursing throughout the entirety of this show. So I I know there's been reports that NXT is trying to go in this direction, and this week might have been the the start of it, or them the dipping their toe in the water and see how it goes. But I I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be have to be something. I guess I'm gonna have to get used to. But comparatively to what NXT was, it's a little bit of a different ride here. If I do say so myself, it's a little bit of a different show as a whole if they're gonna present it like that. So I'm willing to take it off the chin for now. Because it definitely was a fun segment. It was just a segment that I was not expecting <laughs> at all, at all from from NXT. You know, talking about condoms, talking about sex, all that. Uh, I just was not expecting that. So, anyway, moving on to the next match. Roderick Strong versus Grayson Waller for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Roderick Strong coming into this match a champion. Waller challenging him last week. Waller attacks Strong prior to the match, and we saw that a lot throughout this show, attacks prior to the match. But either way, Strong finds his footing out of uh, grappling grappling moves from uh, Waller. And uh, what I will say, Waller's the face coming into this match, and for him to attack Strong prior to isn't really a face thing to do, but that's a whole... 30-minute conversation on its own about the WWE and how they book their baby faces. Either way, Waller fights back into the match with a missile drop kick and a elbow drop. Waller with a huge dive to the outside over the top rope. Waller has some swagger to him, man. There's something about Waller and how he moves around the ring and how he carries himself, how he performs his moves, and how he interacts with the crowd as a baby face. As a baby face, but the way that he does these things, he he does it as a as a, a very charismatic person from from a swagger standpoint, and it looks like it comes natural. It looks like he's not forcing it. He's not forcing himself to be someone that he's not. That he's just naturally has this swagger to him, which really attracted me 
to how he was performing in this match because he would do this elbow drop off the top rope, but he put his hands between his legs like he's putting a ball, basketball between his legs and then drop the elbow. Uh, even what he wears, it's sort of these boxing shorts instead of uh, uh, traditional wrestling tights. So, you know, there's something to him. There's something to him and his gimmick and his character. That might honestly might not even be a gimmick or a character. It might just be him being him. And it's for me, how it's being portrayed on screen is, is amazing because it looks very natural, looks very fluid, and I'm, I'm enjoying Grayson Waller at the moment. Strong does connect with a strong knee to the jaw to retain the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Waller has made a fan out of me after this match. Lashing out with Lash Legend. This is a new talk show segment with Lash Legend. Uh, this one's not live. It's a pre-recorded one. And it's made to look like the Wendy Williams set. At least that's the vibes that I kind of got from it. Not exactly, but the same type of setup with the chair and the drink on the on the, the side table next to her. It's, it's made to kind of look like that in a way if you ever watched the Wendy Williams show. Uh, she brags about her NCAA career. And uh, she goes through some fun little segments. And uh, yeah, I guess it was a fun little segment, but nothing really to write home about. Uh, I could see them doing this more often, maybe once every other week. But I would like to see her in ring before I hang my hat on this segment any further. All right, moving on to our next match. Ridge Holland versus Kyle O'Reilly. This match wasn't promoted prior to the show, but... This match is probably a decent match that you would want to promote for the show, given the fact that it's the connection between Dunn and O'Reilly, with Holland being the muscle and Holland being a new up-and-comer on his own, which is going against a pretty good guy in O'Reilly. This is the match you kind of want to promote here. O'Reilly attacks uh, prior to the match uh, during Holland's entrance once again. You know, prior to the match, the babyface going to attack the the heel. Yeah, not really a babyface thing to do, but it, you could also argue it's what Holland was owed. So you could argue that, but uh, I'm not too sure. O'Reilly struggling early, but fights back working the limbs of Holland. Holland reversing grappling attempts with huge body slams and power bombs. Pete Dunne tries to distract Kyle O'Reilly, but this backfires as uh, Holland is pushed into Pete Dunne and O'Reilly rolls up Holland to win. O'Reilly is attacked after the match and Von Wagner saves uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Wagner looks a lot like Mike Awesome. I had to do a quick search after this match and uh, made sure that his dad wasn't actually uh, Mike Awesome, uh, but his father did wrestle in, uh, was a professional wrestler back in the day named Wayne Bloom. And um, d- either way, uh, if he does have the Mike Awesome look. It's the hair, it's the size of himself, it's his body. He has that type of Mike Awesome look. And I don't know if he's front of mind because the documentary's coming out or anything like that from, from in recent past, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just He has that Mike Awesome look to him, and management really likes Wagner a lot. And uh, I need to see more from him before I give my full, full opinion. But he has the look. You know, he has a look. How about that? Maybe not the look, but he has a look going for him if he brings up reminiscence of uh, Mike Austin there. All right, moving on to the main event. Raquel Gonzalez versus Frankie Monet for the NXT Women's Championship. Monet doesn't even get an entrance. Uh, which is pretty sad, to be honest with you. Uh, this, they just come back from commercial break, and Monet's, uh, I guess she's walking up the entrance steps there, so she doesn't really get her full entrance, which is sad to see. Monet's offense early on is slapping Gonzalez in the face, but Monet does pick it up, and she picks up the pace uh, into some strong holds and to some uh, mean knee strikes that drilled Gonzalez pretty good in the ropes. 
Gonzalez fires back but can't lift Monet because of the injured back. Gonzalez slams Monet with the one-arm powerbomb to win and retain the NXT Women's Championship. Toxic Attraction enter and attack Rob Stones and his brand. Uh, after that, they circle up Raquel Gonzalez and attack the champ. Wade Barrett on commentary says, oh, this reminds me of the Nexus. I'm like, well, not exactly. Close enough, but not exactly. Uh, Toxic Attraction stand tall with Rose holding up the NXT Women's Championship over Raquel Gonzalez. So I guess they legitimized her from when I wrote uh, <laughs> when I wrote uh, the, the note back, I guess, an hour prior in the show saying that, oh, it'll be fun to see a takeover at some point between Rose and and um, Raquel Gonzalez once Rose is legitimized, but uh, no, let's just do it now. So <laughs> let's just do it now. Uh, I don't know when the next takeover even is supposed to be for NXT, if you're even going to have a takeover at this point. But uh, I'm, I'm not too sure how that's going to all work pay-per-view-wise for, for NXT now that they're moving over to the, the 2.0 idea themselves and rebranding themselves. So will they even call it takeovers at this point? I guess we'll have to wait and see, but... We all know that Rose is gunning for Raquel Gonzalez, especially after that visual, which was a pretty good visual of Rose standing over her holding up that NXT Women's Championship. So big things coming up for Mandy Rose next. Um, I, 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 there was an inkling in my mind that Raquel Gonzalez might have had a chance to go up to the main roster, uh, depending on what happened uh, last night with Frankie Monet. Let's say Monet, for whatever reason, went over, over Gonzalez. And that would have been, for me, the automatic sign saying that Raquel Gonzalez is going to the main roster, even though Monet is probably the best person to put the belt on, uh, obviously, uh, from, uh, like, you know, going into the new generation type of perspective of NXT. But it looks like Gonzalez is probably going to be down in NXT for another year, which I don't see a problem with either because it gives her a good amount of time to grow. Gonzalez into the star that WWE really wants her to be and now she finally gets to grow not in a war type attitude as they were going up against AEW but now finally in a developmental sense where they could bring her up and be a true force in the main roster hopefully a force that looks a lot more like Bianca Belair and a lot less like uh, Shayna Baszler so that's going to be really fun to see for Raquel Gonzalez moving forward, and I would love to see what she's going to be able to do with Mandy Rose, what they're going to be able to do together. It's going to be very, very showing for this NXT Women's Division because these two currently are going to be the leaders for this NXT Women's Division in the near future, them two and Neo Shirai. Those are the leaders, uh, and we'll see what happens next with them. It's definitely going to be a fun ride. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, time to talk about some Joe Gacy. Uh, he's been uh, a word in the mainstream media for sure. And I'll give you my thoughts and opinions right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on September 29th, 1998, WWF taped an episode of Raw. Why so special? The show airing six days later is the most noted for two more of Raw's most replayed moments. Yesterday, we got to talk about uh, the Zamboni and Stone Cold Steve Austin. On this day, Mankind, in an attempt to cheer up a hospitalized Mr. McMahon, introduced a sock puppet, Mr. Socko. Socko will go on to become one of the most over props in professional wrestling history. Later in the show, a disguised Stone Cold Steve Austin assaulted Mr. McMahon in his hospital room, giving the boss an impromptu, uh, impromptu, I should say, rectal exam. Uh, the moment is best known as the bedpan McMahon moment. Came the big uh, dong right off the top of McMahon's head. That will live in 
That if there's a moment for Hall of Fame moments, not just uh, Hall of Fame wrestlers, the talent, or anything like that. There's moments for Hall for Hall of Fame for moments. That moment would be in there, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. All right, let's talk about some Joe Gacy. Um, people are really mad about Joe Gacy. At least they were uh, maybe a week ago, and uh, I talked about him on the podcast a week ago. And I, I couldn't find the best word to describe Joe Gacy a week ago. And I guess the best word would have been woke. He had like the woke type gimmick. And as I mentioned in, in this episode, he likes using the hot words. You know, his gimmick is, is you know, being uh, the, the Gen Z type words. You got the, the new normal, canceled, triggered, open minds, all the stuff like that. And, and not really in a hippy dippy type sense, but in a... You know, that he, he comes out wearing dress clothes and uh, he sits in the middle of the ring. And not that he thinks that he's he's better than you in a way, but he does because he he realizes things that uh, the average person may not and something like that. So uh, WWE previously pulled all content on YouTube and their website relating to Gacy's gimmick following his debut on last week's episode of NXT, after several newspaper and media publications across the nation, including Fox News and the Daily Mail, described the character as rallying against the, quote, woke left. A lot of people are making the comparisons to Joey Ryan on Impact, picking off where Ryan left off. And going through the internet wrestling community, going through Twitter, I need to find out how people really feel about Gacy. And you go through all the tweets and you go through all... I try to get a lay of the land because if you go read the first tweet on the top of the thing, it's not going to give you the full story. So I go through the lay of the land and I go throughout the past few days and just typing in Gacy and typing, seeing what people think. And as an overall, I think in the first week after the first episode where Gacy was aired on NXT with the new gimmick last week, people were upset by Gacy for whatever reason, whether it was his gimmick, whether the way he looked, whatever. People were upset by him, but now that the mainstream media got attention of it, people are starting to really enjoy Gacy. So whether that is uh, maybe not fighting, maybe not like trying to fight against the norm type of idea of, of pro wrestling fans, where oh, if the mainstream medium doesn't like him, maybe that we should like him or something like that. It, maybe it's that type of idea. Maybe our people are actually realizing that this is a pretty good gimmick to put on somebody right now in in today's world. So. Either way, I think people are starting to enjoy Gacy. Just from what I've been seeing on Twitter and from the wrestling community, obviously there's people out there that still don't like Gacy. There's people out there that's like Gacy from the beginning. So either way, uh, pe- people definitely have an opinion about him. And Gacy in ring isn't a slouch either. He worked for CZW to start his career, won a few championships over there, made his way over to Evolve, uh, won tag team gold with Eddie Kingston after WWE bought Evolve. Gacy was invited to Performance Center and signed a developmental contract back in late 2020. So it's not like he's just thrown into this gimmick out of nowhere. This is a new gimmick for him, but it's not like he's n- never been in the ring before. He's won championships around uh, the United States and around the world. So for him, for him, I think personally, in Gacy's case, especially as a pro wrestler, any news that makes mainstream media that doesn't have to do with you doing anything illegal is good news. As long as you're not assaulting women, as long as you're not 
uh, abusing drugs, as long as you're, you know, that like not looking after your children, as long as you're, you know, like as long as you're, you know, like like if as long as those news things aren't in the media for you, is what I'm saying. As long as those, as long as the media isn't something like that from an outside of the ring perspective, where you're doing something illegal or terrible or you're something that would be socially ridiculed, then you're good. You're more than good. You know, especially in the case where if people are talking about you because you're on their persona, isn't that the goal of a pro wrestler? <laughs> isn't that it? If To get people talking about you face or heel? Because and now if the mainstream media caught wind of this gimmick and decided to attack it, isn't that the exact, exact reaction WWE should have wanted to add this gimmick and for it to catch uh, on fire so fast? Isn't that exactly what WWE should want? Because it's not like, it's not like um, the official. That's the, his, my, the, his name is slipping my mind, but probably for good reason. Uh, the, the the head official for NXT that just got fired, along with the the wave of other NXT officials, and but because mostly he got fired and he got let go because of his political views that are legitimate, his legitimate political views that are. Uh, you know the, that leaned a little bit way too far to the to the right. You know, and, and that can go both ways. But you know, it was something that WWE didn't want to have underneath their umbrella. You know, there, there were some racist views and stuff like that involved with with him. So, uh, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement and everything like that. So, and his name is, is slipping my mind at the moment, uh, but obviously for good reason. But he got booted because of stuff that was real. Gacy should be praised right now at the moment. Because of the fact that he is getting mainstream media attention for his on-air persona, for his gimmick. You know, that like people getting mad at Gacy for this gimmick, I think, are are beyond themselves. Because that's the equivalent of getting mad uh, at MJF. Because of his on-air persona and his gimmick. You know? It works in that same type of way. It's the same type of give and take there it's an on-air persona it's a gimmick it's a it's a show it's a show we're watching pro wrestling here and for people to get mad at that you know it, it really doesn't make much much sense to me at all you know i understand the mainstream media getting mad at it but it's the mainstream media you know fox news daily the daily daily news who cares right who cares honestly so from this perspective if anything the wwe should have wanted this reaction there's no reason for them to take stuff, uh, his stuff off of the internet. I'm glad they brought him back this week. I'm glad he said what he said on air, how he's not canceled, how he's back, and how he's going to continue doing this. And, and exactly what he said. He made the biggest impact out of NXT last week, not because of what he did in ring, but what, because what he said on the microphone, he got the most attention because of it. And I, I think... Because of this, of how fast it's grown in the two weeks, the fact that I'm dedicating a whole segment of this podcast to him and to what happened in these past two weeks, Gacy should and could definitely have a rocket strapped to his back very, very, very soon. Expect to see Gacy on TV a lot more often. A lot more often. He was a guy that was given a gimmick. He said, go ahead and run with it. And the fact that it caught fire so, so, so fast, like him or hate him, and there's no real reason to hate him because he's running a gimmick, like him or hate him, he's going to be going to high places very, very soon. Unless WWE, in my opinion, will do the stupid thing here, unless and they take him off TV. 
he's getting mainstream attention because of a gimmick, not because of what he's saying on social media, not because of doing things illegal, not because he's he's doing sex anything along sexual harassment or sexual assault, not because he's against the Black Lives Matter movement, nothing like that. There's, there's no word about Gacy about that anywhere, 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 anywhere. People are mad at him because of his honor persona and his honor gimmick. Isn't that exactly what you want? Isn't that the goal? Isn't that the goal of it all? I thought that was the goal. If you're trying to be a heel here, people are mad at me because of what I do on TV. Perfect. Good job. You won. You won the day. Good good job, Joe Gacy. Continue doing your thing. All right. Moving on to the next episode of the Daily DDT Podcast. Coming up tomorrow, I'll be talking about some AEW Dynamite. Uh, Tony Khan uh, said in a tweet, uh, quote, it's Wednesday, you know what that means. And tonight, uh, hashtag AEW Dynamite is live from Rochester, home of Mr. Brody Lee. Tonight, we'll have a great show dedicated to his memory with a special card, including a huge TNT championship match, a title forever synonymous with his indelible legacy, unquote. That's from Tony Khan in a tweet. Uh, the AEW TNT championship uh, held by Miro. He's going to be defending it against Sammy Guevara. Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson will take on Matt Seidel and Dante Martin. Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy, Penelope Ford, and The Bunny versus MJ and Ty Conti. So those are the four matches that have been promoted for this show. There's a chance that Bray Wyatt makes his debut, given the fact that it is in Rochester, and that is, as we mentioned, the hometown of Brody Lee. Bray Wyatt can make his return and become the new leader of the Dark Order to uh, reunify them. And also, also, in surprising news, I'm going. I'm going to be at the show, uh, right? And I go to college in Ithaca. I go to Ithaca College. Rochester is an hour and 45 minutes away, so I'll be going there. Uh, I'm not staying the night or anything like that, but just going to the show, then coming back over here to college. But definitely going to be a fun ride. I went last week to AW Denmark Grand Slam back in my hometown of Queens. Now I'm going over to Rochester. Maybe we get some uh, garbage plates over there in Rochester because uh, that's what they're known for over there, garbage plates, which is like... From what I've heard, from what I've heard, because I'm a, I'm a kid from Queens, so uh, now that I'm in Ithaca College, I got some friends from upstate, up here in upstate New York, so they're telling me all these different food options, and Rochester's known for garbage plates, which from what I've been able to gather is that it's a multitude of of uh, fried foods all thrown onto one plate, and then they give it to you. So it's like you can like what do you want in your garbage plate? You get mozzarella sticks, you get French fries, you get chicken tenders, you get chicken wings, you get all this stuff all thrown into one plate, and then they all give it to you. There's all these fried foods with different sauces and stuff like that. So that's my assumption of a garbage plate. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it is, possibly. But um, we'll see when we get to Rochester. Leave it in a little bit. So I gotta get this podcast up. But you can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. Be a five-star listener and leave a review. If you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.